Amen. You may be seated. It is good to have each one of you here this morning. Glad that you decided to come and worship with us this day. No means no. It's pretty simple. It's hard to live by, but it's pretty simple. You know, when you bring a baby home, I remember when we brought Harley home for the first time. What do you do when you bring a kid home? You put them in a box. You put them in a crib. You put walls up. You put bars up around them, and you just keep them in there. And that's where they stay. You don't put them in a big bed. You put them in a crib. And there's a reason for that. We stick them in there because we don't want them to, to get outside and, and hurt themselves. We don't want as they start as they grow up a little bit and start rolling over and start crawling. And, and we don't want them touching things that they shouldn't. They go over to touch an outlet. And what do we do when they put their fingers close to an outlet? We say, no, 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 don't, don't touch that. No, no. As they get older, the, they come out of the crib and they get into larger beds. But still the walls stay around them. We, we don't let them go wherever they want to go. We, there's boundaries. We're all in boundaries. Even us as big people, you never outgrow boundaries. At times we may feel like we've outgrown boundaries. We may feel like there's nobody can tell me what to do. And it's interesting, with kids we put them in a box. And as we get older we, we think we're out of the box. But guys, we're all under authority. Every one of us in this room is under authority of something up under the authority of someone. Scripture is our authority. We're guided by this book. God's given us His Word. We don't have to wonder. We don't have to guess what He desires from each one of us. He's clearly written it in Scripture. He's used men throughout the ages to write down in this, this book. We have it before us. and He inspired men to write these words for us. And... We're to live by them. They're our guide. Even though we don't see the wall, even though we don't see the boundary, there are boundaries clearly around us. In the Old Testament, thou shalt not, thou shalt not do this, thou shalt not do this, thou shalt not do this. God was, God was very clear, and I, you can go this far and you can't go no further. You can do this, but you can't go there. You've got your Bibles, I want to invite you over to the to the book of Numbers, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, there in the first five books, Numbers. been working through Numbers here for a little while. I've just been in it, and I've been reading through Numbers a lot. Had to read a whole bunch for this one, and honestly, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and tell you at the very beginning, at, at the end of the day, I just want you to know no means no. That's the gist of the sermon. That's, that's the point. That's the whole, the whole story in is right there. No means no. Even for us big people. Even for us who think that, hey, we can do whatever we want to do. No, we can't. There's limits. There's boundaries. There's rules. There's a word. I, and remember I told you Wednesday night, I've been talk, looking at that donkey, that talking donkey in Balaam. We're, we're going to be introduced to, to Balaam this morning. We're going to see... We're going to see something. We're going to see what happens, guys. When Yes, we, every single one of us know no means no. We know that. 
We know there's rules. We know there's consequences to breaking the law. You're riding down a road at 75, 80 miles an hour in a 55, and the trooper pulls you over, policeman pulls you over, walks up to your window and says, what were you doing? I was speeding. We know that. We know what we were doing. We know no means no. But here's what we do, and here's the word. This was the word that was kind of hard to grasp in all of this, because let me go ahead and tell you, it, this is confusing what we're about to look at. It's very confusing. Because at one minute you got God saying, do something, and the next minute he's getting mad because you do it. And, and it's very confusing if you allow yourself to just stay on the surface. And... If we're not careful, that's exactly what we'll do. And we'll walk out those doors here in about 30, 35 minutes and we'll head off to lunch and we'll be like, wow, that was a good one, wasn't it? The word compromise. And I'm not talking about compromise with two people kind of getting along. I know what I mean is, no, we take the word of God, we take the truth, we take Him saying no, and we compromise. We, 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 I use the word all the time, rationalize. We sort, of, we sort of try to kind of squeeze and snake and worm our way out of what's clearly said no. We try to we push the envelope a little bit, maybe to get our way, to get what we want, because we're human. Here, the context, bring us up to speed of what's going on here, back over. We were in 21 last week, and remember, there's consequences. Guys, listen, there's consequences to sin. There's consequences to disobeying. When God clearly says no, when you're hearing the voice of the Lord, when your Spirit of God inside of you is clearly saying, this is not what you need to be doing. This is not who you are. This is not where you should go. This is not how you should live. And you move forward with it. I go ahead and tell you, it's just as relevant this week as it was last week. There's consequences to rebellion. There's consequences to our sin. There's consequences when we know the right thing to do and we do not do it. There's consequences. The children of Israel, remember all the way back in the early Time, children of Israel, they were freed. God freed them, let my people go. Used Moses and Aaron there speaking to Pharaoh. God lets the people go. And God says, hey, speak to the rock. He don't speak to the rock, so there's consequences for Moses. And, and they're just wandering around and they're constantly complaining. And all of this stuff is going on. They're just constantly complaining to God. But God leads them during the day and he guides them during the night and he's walking with them. And he, over in 21, the end of chapter 21, they're, they're, they're destroying people. I mean, they're just, God is doing exactly what he said he was going to do. He's clearing out the land before them. He's, he's getting rid of all the people in front of them. Gets to the Amorites and just utterly wipes out the Amorites. All he wanted to do was just kind of go through there and they didn't let him go through there, so he wipes them out. And right next to the Amorites were the, were the Moabites, and he's, he's bumping up against Moab, and that brings us up to where we are this morning. And we're going to read it. We're going to read a lot, and I'll, I'll interject, but I want you to see this. Look at chapter 22, Numbers 22, beginning verse 1. Then the sons of Israel journeyed and camped in the plains of Moab beyond the Jordan opposite Jericho. Now Balak, the son of Zippor, saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites. I mean, word has spread. He has seen it. Just imagine, you're looking out and there's, there's millions, a couple of million. And I can only, only imagine the fire 
Balak here looks out and he sees the fire that's covering the camp because God's Spirit is moving over and protecting his children. And Balak looks out and he sees all of those people. Now Balak the son of Zippor saw all of Israel had done to the Amorites, so Moab was in great fear because of the people, for they were numerous, and Moab was in dread of the sons of Israel. Moab said to the the elders of Midian, Now this horde will lick up all that is around us as the ox licks up the grass of the field. And Balak, the son of Zippor, was king of Moab at that time. And the king was like, we're next. So that's the context that brings us into introduction with this guy named Balaam. All right. Verse 5. So the... So, they, so he sent messengers to Balaam, the son of Yorda, at Pethor, which is near the river in the land of the sons of his people, to call him, saying, Behold, a people came out of Egypt. Behold, they cover the surface of the land, and they are living opposite me. Now, therefore, please come, curse this people for me, since they are too mighty for me. Perhaps I may be able to defeat them and drive them out of the land, for I know that he whom you bless is blessed, and he whom you curse is cursed. So the elders of Moab and the elders of Midian departed with the fees of divination in their hand. And they came to Balaam and repeated Balak's words to him. And he said to them, Spend the night here, and I will bring word back to you as the Lord may speak to me. And the leaders of Moab stayed with Balaam. So here's Balaam. Now let me go ahead and say this. Balaam on the surface looks very spiritual. And I'm going to be honest. Balaam probably looks like a lot of us in this room. Very spiritual. You're sitting there. You've got your Bible open in your lap. You're reading along. You're following along. And it's very easy. Here's the deal. No means no. And as we read through this, you're going to see an outward persona. You're going to see this guy living one way on the outside, but totally different inside. Listen, no means no, and God knows your motives. He knows your agenda. He knows your thoughts. He knows your reasoning. He knows your He knows the chess match you're playing behind the scenes in your mind in the middle of the night when you're laying there knowing what's to come in the next day. He knows, he sees that that moving in your mind. He knows all of that. That's why it's just simple to... It's simple to just keep it black and white. God said no. God said go. God said yes. God said do this. God said do that. God said go here. God said don't go there. Just keep it that simple and keep it that black and white. And it's okay. Wouldn't it be so easy if it were that? I said earlier and I'll say it again. It would be so easy if we were robots. It would be. It would be so much easier if God had a remote control up there and he was just kind of moving us around, but he's given us this freedom and he's given us this mind and he's given us the ability to choose. And here's what's so crazy. The rest of the world that we're living amongst and living with, 
They see the same no we see. They see the same, they have the same rules we have. But it's hard, I'm going to be honest, it's really hard when our culture, when our when everything we have, when it seems like the stream of humanity that we're in, they ignore God. They compromise. They do what feels right to them. They do whatever they think is best in their own mind. They don't care what, they don't care. But that's not, listen, Christian, that's not who you are. We don't have that right. We don't have that freedom. We have freedom in Christ to be everything he saved us to be. We don't have freedom in Christ to go be whatever thing the world wants us to be. No, we're limited. We, so therein lies those walls. Remember that crib we thought we had grown out of? We're still in it. There's still walls all around us. But we have to obey them. Here comes Balaam. He's going to look spiritual. It's a very confusing something. But we're going to get to one verse and the whole morning... The whole morning rests on one verse. Balaam's got this group. They've come to him. The king has sent messengers to him. And, and you know, the backdrop here, they went a long way to get to him. He wasn't just over the, he wasn't just down the road. He was a long ways away. Took him, took him almost a month to get there and get back. The distance was not easy. Here we go. And he came to him. So, verse 7, So the elders of Moab and the elders of Midian departed with the fees of divination in their hand, and they came to Balaam and reported, Balaam, repeated Balaam's words. And he said to them, Spend the night here, and I will bring word back to you as the Lord may speak to me. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? And the leaders of Moab stayed with Balaam. And then God came to Balaam and said, Who are these men with you? And Balaam said to God, Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, has sent word to me. Behold, there is a people who came out of Egypt and they cover the surface of the land. That's exactly what he said. That's real. That's legit. And he said, Now come, curse them for me. Perhaps I may be able to fight against them and drive them out. Here comes, here comes Balaam. He goes to God and he says, Hey God, this is what's going on. Have you ever prayed and said, Hey Lord, this is what's going on. And I'm got, hey, here's the deal. We're getting to the no means no part we're getting to the there's no compromise there we're getting to the we can't rationalize we're getting to it doesn't matter all the rest of the details we got the only detail that matters and we find it in verse 12 look at what God says and God said to Balaam do not go with them you shall not curse them for they are blessed you know, the, t uh, the title, No Means No, I didn't want to say not means not. <laughs> I mean, we kind of get what not means, right? No means no. I, I, I don't want you to go with them. I don't want you to curse them. They're blessed. Don't go and don't curse. They're blessed. That's what God says. That's, that's the rule. That, that's where God stands on this entire conversation. So it really should end right here. And guys, if we're honest with ourselves, think about, think about how many situations have we had in our life up until this point right here that God was so clear black and white. I mean, it was just as clear as I, I shouldn't. <laughs> or I, I should. And then 
then we start muddying the waters. Because notice, notice what happens here. So far he looks very spiritual. So far he looks a lot like us. So far, here he is, a situation come up. I've always been told, preacher stands up, look, something happens in life, we're to pray at all things. Seek God, go to him, morning Jesus, here I am, I'll do whatever you want me to do. This is a situation. He gets up and he says, okay guys, stay here, I'm going to go see what the Lord says. And God says, don't go and don't curse. And Balaam goes back to him, verse 13. So Balaam arose in the morning. But notice how things start to change. Balaam rose early in the morning and said to Balak's leaders, Go back to your land, for the Lord has refused to let me go with you. Is that all? Is that it? No. He could have ended it right here. Look, go back, tell him I can't come. I'm not going to curse him. Go get another prophet for hire. Go pay somebody else. Go send somebody else. Don't send me. I am done. God said, no, I can't go. It's not my business. It's over there. That's your world. That's your situation. That's none of my business. God said, keep your nose out of it. God said, mind your own business. Do what I tell you to do. But that's not what he did. He said, God just said I couldn't go. And the leaders of Moab arose and went back to Balak and said, Balaam, Balaam refused to come with us. Then Balak again sent leaders more numerous and more distinguished than the former. No, notice this. See, I, you, we're getting into the whole internals of what's going on inside of Balaam. First time he sent just some, just some people that was running around, hey, can you go down there and get Balaam. Now this time he sends princes. He sends people with some power. He sent some closers this time. He sent some people that had a smooth tongue, had that woo. They can just woo them. He sent power brokers, the people that could call the shots. And look at what he does. They come, verse 16, and they came to Balaam and said to him, Thus says Balak, the son of Zippor, Let nothing, I beg you, hinder you from coming to me, for I will indeed honor you richly, and I will do whatever you say to me. Please come then, curse this people for me. Here they come. What did he ask him to do? Come and do what? Curse him. What's God done said? You're not cursing them. I don't want you to go with them, and I don't want you to curse them. It ain't happening. They're my people. They're blessed by me. Their hands, my, my hand is on them. Their favor is mine. You're not messing with them. And here they come. They come back. And guys, listen. Here's the deal. All he has to say. All he has to say. They brought it up. I need you to come go with us. And I need you to come curse him. And all he has to say is, look, I can't. You know what? He's probably going to fall out of favor with the power brokers. He's probably going to fall out of, the, out of favor with the men of influence and the people with, with sway and the people with woo and the people that cause makes things happen. He's probably never going to get voted in again. He's probably never going to get invited again. His name is probably going to be smeared and trashed. But here's the deal. God's done said no. It's that black and white. 
When the Spirit of God inside of you says, or that radar, or that, that nudge, and that, that you're reading the Bible, and you're studying it, and you're looking, and God is just speaking, hey, you, this is not who you are. This is not who I saved you to be. This is not the life I want for you. And you're hearing that. And the Spirit of God is so clear. Guys, there's consequences to compromise. I don't care how big you are or who you think you are. No means no when God says it. Here's Balaam. He's at a crossroads. He's at a moment. Here he is. Stand up. Be the man. Stand up. Step up on faith. Stand up. Stand up against the schemes of the devil, the fiery darts. Do it now. Here's your opportunity. Verse 18, and Balaam replied to the servants of Balaam. Though Balaam, listen, and here's the deal. Notice how spiritual he sounds. Notice how he bathes it in churchified religiosity. Balaam replied to the servants of Balak, Though Balak were to give me his house full of silver and gold, I could, do, I could not do anything, either small or great, contrary to the command of the Lord my God. Look at verse 19. It's almost comical when you get when you when you read it like this. See, it's very confusing if you don't slow down and take into account what's really going on. Look at what Balaam says. Balaam, Balaam says, Now please, you also stay here tonight and, and I'll find out what, what, what else the Lord will speak to me. It's like it's like Balaam goes back to God and says, hey, Lord, they're, they're back. And God's like, I don't care they're back. I done told you not to go and, and don't curse them. Balaam's compromising, church. Balaam's trying to find a loophole. He's trying to find that little gap. He's trying to find... I'm going to tell you what this is like. This is like when, you, when you're going and God said not to go and you go out there and you can't find your keys. <laughs> and you're going and, and God said you can't go and you go out to the car and the battery's dead. And, and, and you're going, I'm just telling you where we're going. And, and you go out there and you get to the car and you're like, hey, I'm going this time. I, I found a way. And you look out there and you're little... Flat tire lights on, and you look out, and you got a flat tire. You're like, oh, guys. When we compromise, here's what we do: we try to push, we push, we push, we try to ram our square peg self through circle holes that God does not have for us. We try to make things happen. We try to get our way when God has clearly said, no, this is not who you are. No, this is not what I want you to do. No, this is not what I've saved you for. And we know it so clear and we continue to put ourselves out there and push ourselves into situations that do not belong to us. God saved us for so much more. 
And guys, if we allow compromise, if we allow it to come in, we will be just as foolish. It's like, it's like we're putting put ourselves, we're, we're innocent bystanders watching this happen, and we're like, this ain't going to work. He's not told him no. He's not going to give in. Stop. You're wasting your time. You know, as we keep reading, it's almost, I bet the angels in heaven that God sends to get in our way at times are probably just like that. Here I go again. I, I can imagine. I mean, this is just getting out there, I promise you. But it's, you can probably just imagine the angels in heaven who have watched us do foolish things over and over and over. They probably look at one another and say, why don't they just get it? Why don't they just listen? Why do they keep doing this? Why do I continue to have to go? Why don't they just do what God says do? Do they not get it? You know, parents, you know big people. You know how we sit around and we say, why don't they just get it? I bet God sits there, I don't know. But it has to aggravate him. I've done told you. This isn't going to work out good for you. This isn't what I want for you. This isn't my plan for you. And we keep pushing and pushing and pushing. Notice what God does. Confusing, actually. I mean, if you just read, I've read this so much this whole week. Even came in here, Casey was in the sound booth this week, and I walked in, I think it was on a Tuesday, and I said, Casey, you got to help me figure God out. He's like, huh? I'm like, you got to help me figure God out because he's just got me on this one. Look at what God does. Look at what he does. He, now, please, you stay here, verse 19. Stay here tonight. I'll find out what else the Lord might say. And you know what? God came to Balaam at night and said to him, If the men have come, come to call you, rise up and go with them. But only the word which I speak to you shall you do. I can imagine. I mean, look, the next verse tells you everything you need to know about Balaam. He's almost giddy. He's like, oh, I got it. I, I, got, I found my loophole. I am, I've got my out. I am getting my way. I am doing exactly what I want to do. Because look at verse 21. So Balaam arose in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with the leaders of Moab. I can just imagine. He's like, whoo-hoo, I won. I'm going to get hooked. We, these people are going to pay me well. I am going to be loaded. I got the princes are going to bless the fire out of me. Ignoring all the while, verse 12. Don't go. You're not going to curse them. Why are you going? I done said not to. Why are you going? You're not going to curse them. Don't go. Do not put yourself there. Keep reading. See verse 22. God was angry. Guys, when he clearly says, this is not what I saved you for. This is not who you are. This is not the life I, I have for you. This is not the plan I have for you. This is not. And we do it anyway. Imagine if we got what we deserved. Every single one of us would be zapped a long time ago. This stage would be empty. I would not be here. 
But you know what? God sometimes just lets us go ahead. Go ahead. And we like fools, like him. We, we get up, we're like, yeah. Like we're getting away with something. Like we pulled a wool over God. Like we have, we have, we have found his weakness. No, we haven't. He's just letting us dig our, dig our, dig our hole, y'all. Because no means no. God's angry. But God was angry because he was going. And the angel of the Lord took his stand in the way. That's one of the angels. That's one of the angels. This is the same angel. The same angel that's dealing with him now is the same angel that comes and puts a, takes the air out of your tire. He's the same angel that comes and hides your keys. He's the same angel that when you're headed there, you do not have your driver's license or you do not have what you need. And you're like, oh man, how did that happen? That, that was strange, wasn't it? Wow, I am just so unlucky. Or could it be just God is saying, stop, stop. Stop trying to make happen what I have clearly told you I do not want to happen. Balaam is rocking along on the old donkey. Everything's good, but God's ticked. But God was angry because he was going and the angel of the Lord took his stand in the way of the adversary against him. Now he was riding on his donkey and two of his servants were with him. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand, the donkey turned off from the way and went into the field. But Balaam struck the donkey to turn her back into the way. Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path of the vineyards with a wall on this side and a wall on that side. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she pressed herself to the wall and pressed Balaam's foot against the wall so he struck her again. Here's the deal. When we are so laser focused and going to get our way, it does not matter if it hurts. It doesn't matter if we have to take a detour. It doesn't matter. As long as me getting my way, that's all I care about. Guys, I'm telling you. When you start going down that path of compromise and when you start allowing just little bits of sin here and little bits of disobedience there, it don't seem like much. But I guarantee you, if you're standing on a mountain and you throw off just a little bit of snow by the time it hits the bottom, it is a full-blown avalanche. And when we tune everything out, who cares who we hurt? Who cares how bad it hurts? Who cares when we have turned a blind eye to God's Spirit that is screaming to us, I don't want you to do that. That's not who I saved you to be. That's not who you are. And we ignore Him. Here's the deal. He will let us go. First time the donkey turned to the left, next time the donkey mashed his leg. Look what happens then. Verse 26, the angel of the Lord went further 
and stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn to the left, to the right or to the left. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she lay down under Balaam. And so Balaam was angry and struck the donkey with a stick. He's like, the, ba- the donkey sees all this going on. And the donkey says, no more, and just stops. And the Lord, listen to this, only time in Scripture this ever happened. Don't you dare ever say that, there's, that God can't do something. Don't ever say God can't do something. And the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey. And she said to Balaam, What have I done to you that you've struck me these three times? And how do we know the donkey talked? Because Balaam talked back. Then Balaam said to the donkey, Because you have made a mockery of me. If there had been a sword in my hand, I would have killed you by now. And the donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your donkey? Here's the deal. Am I not your donkey on which you have ridden all your life to this day? Have I ever been accustomed to do so to you? And he said, no. Here's the deal. When we're so laser focused in getting our own little selfish ways, it don't matter who we hurt. It don't matter who we run over. It don't matter who stands in our way. It don't matter how long we've known them, what our relationship is like. We're going to do what me want to do. No means no. And there's consequences. Then the Lord, verse 31, then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand, and he bowed all the way to the ground. And the Lord, and the angel of the Lord said to him, Why have you struck your donkey these three times? Behold, I have come out as an adversary because your way was contrary to me. But the donkey saw me. There's so much to that. That's a sermon right there. But the donkey saw me and turned aside from me. These three times, if she had not turned aside from me, I would surely have killed you just now and let her live. You know what I read when I see that? You know what, if you'd have had your keys that morning, you wouldn't have made it. If that tire hadn't have been flat, you wouldn't have made it. If you'd have had gas in your car, I'd have killed you. But I showed you grace and I showed you favor and I give you a second chance. And in your rebellion and in your hard-headedness and in your compromise of what is right and what is wrong and you wanting to do only what you want to do. Balaam said, Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned for I did not know that you were standing in the way against me. Now then, it is, if it is displeasing to you, I will turn back. Sounds spiritual, doesn't he? Sounds like, sounds like Balaam's repented. Sounds like Balaam has got his heart right. Sounds like Balaam has done the right thing. He's like, Lord, if, if, you, if this pleases you, I'm going to turn on and head on back. And no, no. But the angel of the Lord said to Balaam, go with the men. But you shall, and this is another point, out of time, but a point. And I'm going to show you. But the angel of the Lord said, to Balaam, go with the men, but you shall speak only the word which I tell you. So Balaam went along with the leaders. And 
in reading this, you basically have to read from chapter 22 all the way. You've got to read it all. You've got to see the consequences of sin. You've got to see the fall. You've got to see how, you got to see how tens and tens of thousands of people were slaughtered, murdered because of Balaam. Chapter 31. Turn there with me. Not going to take the time to bring you up to speed on the context, but there are wars, there are fights, there are battles, there are so many things that take place. But start in verse 13. Moses and Eleazar, the priest, and all the leaders of the congregation went out to meet them outside the camp. And Moses was angry with the officers of the army, the captains of the thousands and the captains of the hundreds who had come from service in the war. You stay there and listen to what I'm reading you. Listen to what happens in chapter 25. While Israel remained at Shittim, the people began to play the harlot with the daughters of Moab. For they invited the people to the sacrifices of their gods, and the people ate and bowed down to their gods. So Israel joined themselves to the Baal of Peor, and the Lord was angry against Israel. Back over in Numbers 31, Moses is angry. Moses said, look at what he says. Moses is angry with the officers of the army and the captains of the thousands and the captains of the hundreds who had come out to service the war, verse 15. And Moses said to them, have you spared all the women? Behold, these caused the sons of Israel through the counsel of who? Balaam. So here's Balaam told, first of all, not to go, and you can only say what I tell you to say. You know what winds up Balaam does? Balaam goes and says, look, you want to know how to defeat the children of Israel? You want to know how to beat that horde? You want to know how to conquer that group of people? You send some women in. You, you blend the people. That was a, totally against what God said do. You send them in, and they'll start worshiping other gods, and God will get ticked at them, and he'll destroy them. Who told them to do that? Balaam did. Behold, these caused the sons of Israel through the counsel of Balaam to trespass against the Lord in the matter of Peor, so the plague was among the congregations of the Lord. Listen to this. Now therefore kill every male among the little ones and kill every woman who has known man intimately. Kill them all. Kill them all. Why? Balaam was told not to go. Balaam was told not to go. And he went. Guys, when we begin to compromise and we begin to allow ourselves to veer a little and veer a little and Stretch it over here and push ourselves through there and just make things happen. And there's consequences. No means no. We're going to end with prayer. We're just going to end with prayer. Father God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that your Holy Spirit. God, as you speak to each and every...
one of us, Lord, we know ourselves. We know our tendencies. We know our weaknesses. We also, God, who have trusted you as Lord and Savior, we have been given your spirit. God, that convicts us of truth and righteousness. You convict us of what to do and not to do. God in heaven, forgive us, Lord. Forgive us for compromising. Forgive us, Lord. For going when you clearly said not to. For doing clearly what you've counseled and shown us in your word that not to do. Holy Spirit of God, we sit before you as men and women, boys and girls who are caught. And Lord, we have but one hope and it is the grace and mercy found in Jesus. God, forgive us. God in heaven, forgive us. Lord, I pray that none of us in this room have gone too far. I pray, God, that none of us in this room have gone so far that they can't look to you in brokenness, and cry out for forgiveness. And Lord God, your word says that if we confess our sins, you are just and right. And you will cleanse us, Lord, from all unrighteousness. Holy God, forgive us for our sins, for they are many. In Jesus' name, amen.